Welcome back, creeps. Hola. How are y'all doing? Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, uh oh, you left the Spanish audio on because I said hola. <laughs> yeah, we forgot to change the settings again. Damn it. <laughs> Anyways, how is everyone? Fine, thank you. Okay. <laughs> As you can tell, Dulce has had her coffee this morning. There was creamer in it. Oh my god. Oh yeah, that was actually decaf tea, oh. but a ton of sugar in the yay in the creamer. Right on. Uh, well, yeah. Welcome back, creeps. I can smell purple. <laughs> <laughs> so we're both pretty excited. We had our first um, weekly creep movie club yeah. watch along yesterday. Oh. And so fun yeah it was a lot of fun even though it didn't work for some people and um there wasn't a huge amount of people we went on an instagram live afterwards and that was a lot of fun i didn't realize how much fun that was actually gonna be yeah like i was well not nervous is the wrong word but i just you know didn't want people to like click on the button and be like oh for fuck's sake now i have to listen to these guys talk for me it was more like this is gonna be hard talking into a phone because we're just looking at ourselves yeah you know because like i watch a lot of youtube and youtubers are like it's one of those curve like the learning curves that you have to go through talking because it like it feels silly a lot talking to your camera or your yeah, phone yeah, or whatever but i was like this is fucking fun like i'm gonna do youtube <laughs> <laughs> i've dulce has always been like crazy into her makeup and I've been like trying to encourage her to do something about it because it is just a hobby yeah, that you do. But and like you do it really well. So I, for me, it's not so much the application that excites me. It's the performance of products and just like because it's such a mass market of it's a huge business. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's it's fucking cool to see what the independent brands because before i was just like oh you know all this mainstream stuff that you find at sephora and ultra or whatever and the stuff that you find at those places is cool or whatever but i'm really just dazzled by the independent small businesses now yeah so maybe that could be what you end up doing independent makeup youtube there's 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 a community <laughs> for that at YouTube yeah, but, too. i you know, know i know i know some people just want to see Dulce, okay? Oh. <laughs> anyway, for the month that's in it, with our lovely St. Patrick's Day logo and yeah. stuff like that, because I will say this once again, I don't know if I've ever actually celebrated St. Patrick's Day for St. Patrick's Day, mm -hmm. but the Americans love it, and I think being away from home makes you think about it a little bit more. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. So... Last week we did Wicklow Jail, and this week I have another lovely Irish treat for you. All right. Is it penguins? I love penguins. <laughs> oh, penguin bars? Yeah. Yeah, today we're going to talk about the... Uh, penguins? Penguin bars. Fuck yeah. Or digestives. Chocolate digestives are the key to my fucking heart. Custard creams. Any of them, honestly. Bonbons. Raspberry, <laughs> blue raspberry bonbons, flying saucers. I could go on. But first and foremost, 
Talk to me about Chipper. Oh, my God. Talk to me about that Chipper. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I always complain about people leaving their homeland and then doing nothing, only pining for it. Yeah. But every now and then, and this will only apply for maybe the UK listeners, but definitely the Irish listeners. Every now and then you just go, man, I'd love a bag of chips <laughs> and a battered sausage. Yeah. Garlic sauce, curry sauce. Oh, fuck Salt me up with vinegar. it. Salt and vinegar everywhere. Yeah. Nice bit of fish. Yeah. Nice piece of fish. Fish fuck dinner. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're five minutes in already. Um, we're talking about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> talking about food. Right. Go for it. Tell me a fucking story. Fuck me up. With some Irish folklore. Okay. Today's creature described as, according to Britannica.com, a fairy in the form of a tiny old man, often with a cocked hat and a leather apron. Solitary by nature, he is said to live in remote places to make shoes. Shoes for your feet. Shoes, right? I feel like I said that weird. No, you're good. But I like how you explained it. <laughs> you know those things? They're like gloves, except they're on your feet. Oh. Actually, that's a sock. <laughs> <laughs> a hard glove. <laughs> a hard glove, yeah. Um, the sound of his hammering betrays his presence. He possesses... <laughs> <laughs> Zing. <laughs> <laughs> he possesses a hidden crock of gold. If captured and threatened with bodily violence, he might if his captor keeps his eyes on him, reveal its hiding place. Oh, shit. But usually, the captor is tricked into glancing away and the little person vanishes. Shit. Or since we're, since this is, I guess, Irish month, shite. <laughs> <laughs> it's said that the name was derived from the old Irish word, Lucarpon, which translates as small body or little body. But another name for them was also Laprogon or Lavrogon. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I've all, I like looked up to the pronunciation. I asked my friends every time I looked up something that said something different. Mm. So it could be Leetbrogon, which I'm pretty sure is wrong. <laughs> Lat Latrogon, which I think is also wrong, or Laprogon, which I think is right. Anyway, this means shoemaker or cobbler. And it also sounds an awful lot like Leprechaun. Oh. Lavrogon. I thought you were telling me what does cobbler sound like. I'm like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> cobbler, wobbler, bobbler. Yeah. So it's a leprechaun. Sick. Yeah. Like the movies. Like the movies. One of them. Or the cereal. No. <laughs> <laughs> So this, to me, this bit was actually pretty interesting. They're believed to be a member of the fairy family. There has been documented tales of their existence since around the 8th century when the Celts started talking about tiny water dwellers and the theory is that they actually mixed with another type of household fairy who typically hung out in cellars, drinking heavily and just causing havoc. No shit. Yeah, so it was like this... Like interbreeding I'm, of fairy yeah. species wow i wonder and what the water ones saw in the drunk ones i mean i don't know how did they even come into contact with yeah. each other maybe in a barrel of water who knows yeah yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> so originally they were said to dress 
all in red. No shit. Yeah, and I th- I think the green theme uh-huh. came like that just happened over time uh, due to the popularity of the color green in association with Ireland as a country. Ah, the Emerald Isle. Exactly. Yeah, the Emerald Isle. Um, like it's on our flag. It's you know sports jerseys, the yeah. whole fucking shebang. See, I know what's up. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Uh, Forty Shades of Green, that song. You know. No. I don't know. That's that's what they say. Anyway, Forty Shades of Green and. All right. Green, 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 green. I like green. Green. It's one of my favorite colors. Right on. Uh, so apparently there are no female leprechauns. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how they're supposed to reproduce. Yeah. But that being said, there's a lot of species out there with mating habits that scientists are still unsure about, mm. like sharks and shit like that. Really. Yeah, like they obviously know. Like about the birds and the bees and they know yeah when two sharks are in love very much in love yeah but a lot of them like they don't know where they do it and stuff no shit yeah that's crazy oh my next note is and scientists are basically just big old perverts trying to see how everyone goes at it <laughs> <laughs> especially sharks <laughs> especially sharks but i just thought because i do like to believe in cryptids and stuff like that yeah so there's a lot of mystery that still goes on with things that we just assume that we know all about, too. You know what I mean? So it's not unlikely that we wouldn't know how these, this particular species mate. Yeah, that makes sense. You know? I, I've, I'm following your logic. It's sound. Yeah, there's logic in there yeah. somewhere. <laughs> Another belief is that if you do catch one of these little lads, they will bring you luck. And also give you three wishes. So maybe the three wishes is the luck. I don't know. But then again, they're also supposed to be like mischievous little bastards and like borderline evil. So they have been said to lead men astray with these three wishes. Like uh, the monkey's paw? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I personally think that the people in the stories who are led astray are typically greedy bastards and they're always hunting leprechauns and trying to steal their gold. Mm-hmm. Maybe if there was less hunting and more living in harmony, the leprechauns wouldn't be forced to teach us lessons like that. But man is dumb. I see. Yeah. But then again, how is it the leprechaun's place to tell us what's right and wrong? You feel me? Yeah, but picture this, right? I'm just being like, you know. Just just picture this. Controversial. Envision. envision. Yeah. You're up on the side of a mountain completely alone. Mm-hmm. no one around you and you think this is the perfect spot you're hammering away absolutely hammering away making a pair of shoes <laughs> you, you purposely said it that way <laughs> and some fucking random dude who's four fucking times the size of you grabs you and says give us your gold you little fuck oh yeah yeah you know you're right I mean? that's that, not that, fair no it's not you're right that it's, reminds me of uh those fucking neds in the parks and still game <laughs> messing with the old people fuck those neds exactly for any of our scottish listeners all two or three of you <laughs> probably know what we're talking about maybe not so anyway they're known to love a drink and are often heard having a little dance or playing musical instruments so they do sound like lovely little creatures except for the part where they're you're like they're borderline man- malevolent <laughs> what's that all about well i I think it's justified. Oh, okay, okay. You know, that's 
That's um, probably someone who was screwed over by a Lepretian. Exactly. Oh, you know? okay. Got it. So while with many of the subjects we covered, there's a very typical quote, that place is haunted or, oh man, that place is crawling with Bigfoots or whatever cryptids are popular there. But when you actually go to see the sources or find the stories, it's just like, oh, well, it's happened. And that's it. Mm. You know, there's no like, nothing to back this story up. It's like, what are you talking about? There's loads of them there. It's Ireland, <laughs> Leprechaun. And that's supposed to be taken as proof. Yeah. And I probably go a little bit off topic here. I personally, I'm a huge fan of the show Hellier, as mm-hmm. you definitely know. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Greg and Dana Newkirk when we can uh, interview you. Hello. <laughs> And I think it's Hellier is just such a good example of how tricky it can be to pinpoint something like this, right? Yeah. You might come across an absolute nut job, but then there's just enough evidence surfacing, like in what they're saying, to make you go like, "But wait a minute." Yeah. Actually, that like correlates with this story uh-huh. that I heard, or this and this. Yeah. It's always little tiny pieces of information that's just enough that you can't let go of the belief that maybe uh, yeah. it is there. Yeah. I found this excerpt on irishpost.com from an article published in the newspaper in 1908. It's called A Strange Westmeath Report. Westmeath is a county in Ireland. In North Westmeath, especially Delvin District, an odd story was told on Friday. It runs that a strange creature has been observed for some days in the district of Killock, which, that that might be Killow, I don't know, which is between Killucan and Delvin. Several persons, mostly children from the school, are reported to have seen it, and they describe it as a little creature resembling a man of dwarfish proportions, clad in a red jacket and suiting the traditional description of a leprechaun. The most peculiar thing about the matter is that it is stated that as soon as one of the school children called the attention of a comrade to the creature, the informant ceased to see it, whilst the informed could clearly observe it. The reported appearance has caused much conjecture and not a little excitement in the district. Many are inclined to regard the creature as a monkey escaped from the care of some travelling organ grinder, and if it can be observed at close quarters, it may prove to be such. However, the more fanciful are inclined to invest with a far more mysterious and uncanny character. So what's interesting about this, it actually said that as soon as one of the school children called the attention of a comrade to the creature, the informant ceased to see it, whilst the informed could clearly observe it. Yeah. Just in case I've butchered this, as soon as John said, oh, Michael, look at this fucking leprechaun over here. John could no longer see it and Michael was left going, what are you talking about? Yeah, I see him now. Like what? Huh. Yeah, that's like one strange thing about it. Yeah. See, when you explain it like that, I get it. I follow it now. Yeah, when there's no comrades and... Yeah, (laughs) there's no fluff. Yeah. And then also just this line, many are inclined to regard the creature as a monkey escaped from the care of some traveling organ grinder. A traveling organ grinder? What the fuck even is that? Are are those the same ones that um like literally like they, they travel and they entertain? They're kind of like the olden day person on the sidewalk that's like playing their guitar. A busker. What what is that? That's what you do. You go out and you busk. Okay, yeah. That's what they're called. Okay. Yeah. So that's because organ grinder. I guess they're talking about like the piano 
organ oh no i think they have like that little music box thing so their little monkey can dance i don't know but anyway apparently westmead at the time was a hotbed of activity and the people really believed in this stuff again 100 i guess 113 years ago now it's not that long ago they had such a strong belief in the existence of these supposedly mythical creatures that only a few years prior, a man had actually burned his wife to death because he was so convinced that she was a changeling. What? A changeling, for oh. those of you who don't know, is a fairy that has disguised themselves as a human. Generally, it's thought that fairies would sneak into your house, steal your baby and replace it with one of their own. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember Amy telling us about that. Yeah, and I'll probably cover this in another topic because there's actually been probably countless uh family murders purely because of this throughout the years it's actually quite sad but that that goes to prove how strong the belief in fairies are and if a leprechaun is a type of fairy anyway skipping forward to 1989 carlingford mountain in county loud right set the scene here okay <laughs> it's actually a nice place i've been there um a man by the name of pj o'hare the local pub owner and businessman he was out for a walk to find an area of land that some they just kept saying some american had asked to buy this particular patch of land and pj o'hare couldn't see it from the pub so he had to go out walking to find whatever plot this american fellow wanted to buy because uh-huh. he owned the land i guess as he's walking up the mountainside, he hears these cries in the distance. As he's standing there listening for these cries, one of the local school teachers who happened to be out for a jog comes upon him and, and PJ asks the school teacher, can you hear this? The two of them stood there and they actually did both hear this very faint crying coming from the distance. They tried to locate the source of the sound and found themselves at an area known as Ginkle's Well or the Wishing Well. There, on the ground, they found a little hat, jacket, and trousers that seemed to be covered in grey ash. They also found the skeletal remains of what appeared to be a leprechaun. What? 1989. They have skeletons? (laughs) Well, they're living beings, right? I mean, I don't know. Like, uh, my mind is just (laughs) trying to process, like, wait a minute, no, fairies are made of magical things. And a skeleton, why did it just disappear with, like, like the ash did, like, or maybe turn into ash or something? God only knows. Part of the ground was burned, and in the pocket of the little jacket, they actually found four gold coins. What? Yeah. So, the teacher that was with PJ O'Brien, or so now that's my nickname. That's, that's you my alias. <laughs> the teacher um who was with pj had these four gold coins sent off to dublin to a professor and the, the professor pocketed them. <laughs> yeah. the professor informed them that this type of thing has happened in various parts of ireland before now and basically what he thinks has happened is that the leprechaun has been challenged by a demon who was trying to win his territory And when challenged like this, a leprechaun has the ability to whip off his clothes and expand. Like the Incredible Hulk is the uh, example that PJ gave. Or a puffer fish. Or a puffer fish. Um, 
And when they do this, they can actually expand to the size of a sheep or a greyhound standing on its hind legs. What? I can think of a million other things that are the height of a sheep and greyhound while standing on their hind legs. Mm. Like maybe a 12 or 13 year old child. (laughs) (laughs) But for some reason, these are the examples that we were given. And basically this poor little leprechaun didn't make it. You know, the demon obviously won this this fight. And that was the cries they heard were the leprechaun's dying fucking cries. As skeptical as the locals were, one fella in particular, Kevin, nickname McQuilcha. Fucking Kevin, man. <laughs> Kevin Woods, nickname McQuilcha, which Quilcha just means Woods in Irish. Uh-huh. So I don't know where that nickname kind of... Anyway, Kevin, who was the chairman of the local tourist board at the time, decided that he was going to try and get to the bottom of all this. And that Easter Sunday, instead of having a traditional egg hunt, he organized... A leprechaun hunt Hmm. on the mountain. I feel like this didn't end well. Oh, you're going to find out. All right. So even though he was a skeptic, he just thought, you know what? This will be a bit of fun. And he, like, had all faith in PJ. Like, they they knew each other for years, both established businessmen, that kind of thing. But he did kind of take it as a little joke. Mm. He sold leprechaun hunting licenses for £10 a piece. (laughs) Businessman. Absolutely. And obviously with the aid of the local tourist board they placed a load of ceramic leprechauns oh. all over the mountain and underneath or inside these ceramic leprechauns was four thousand pounds what irish pounds yeah now i think it was four lots of a thousand pounds in 1989 that's a decent amount of fucking that's a lot yeah, yeah. That's a decent chunk of change i really thought you were gonna say like those uh foiled covered chocolates that look like the chocolate coins you know yeah i mean we do have them at home as well like anyway no he it's actual cash money prizes fucking right cold hard cash yeah so four thousand pounds irish punt today is worth around nine thousand euro or ten thousand seven hundred dollars right Woo. yeah so people heard this like oh shit there's a chance to you know scoop up two and a half thousand dollars yeah so thousands of people showed up nice they made a killing yeah yeah he said he felt he had proved pj wrong when all that was found was the money and yeah. the ceramic leprechauns nobody saw or heard any sight of fucking of an actual leprechaun yeah the hunt became a yearly thing and PJ died sometime around 2000, right? About two years after this, Kevin claimed he was out fixing a wall one day on the coast. And in the wall, he found a little leather purse containing four gold coins, which he recognized straight away as being the exact same as the ones that PJ had found along with the re- leprechaun remains. Mm. Now, his story, because I did watch a couple of interviews and he his story kind of varied a little bit but he's an older man and for the most part the story was the same he says he had his dog with him and he went on for a little walk with the dog and he took the coins up to where pj found the leprechaun and there he saw three leprechauns sitting on a rock chatting away to one another they asked him if he could get more people to believe in them and so he said, look, I'll do what I can. Such an Irish answer. 
<laughs> he actually lobbied for the protection of leprechauns as an endangered species. And in 2009, the government gave him the okay. Wow. Yeah, so under the EU protection or whatever, leprechauns are supposedly registered as an endangered species. That's fucking cool. Yeah, specifically in this area yeah. of Loud. And he claims that there are actually only 236 of them left. And they all live in this area. How the fuck does he know this? Because now that he has the coins, he is... He can see them. Ireland's last leprechaun whisperer. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. So... That is so fucking cool. Yeah, right. And to be fair, he has like, you know, a little leprechaun museum set up and it's all... How we gotta go. Yeah, and we definitely will. But it's all like, you know, very like campy fucking... Yeah. You know, cheap thrown together, like if fun for something to bring your kids and that. Mm -hmm. And he has like a little uh, building like decked out with all like garden, like water features and stuff. And he says like that this is the leprechaun's lair kind of thing. And they meet here every morning and they have a dance. (laughs) So as like childish and, you know, touristy and stuff as this kind of sounds. He says like, again, after piecing together a few little interviews that i watched i'm not sure that it is just an old man trying to entertain kids yeah so are there any pictures of what these things might look like like in the okay because they look like little men but do they have like um disproportioned features on their face like honestly um maybe they have like three fingers on their hands now, as far as I know, they just look like little people. Wow. Okay. Like, I think that stereotypical, like, you know, the beard and whatever. They're just smaller versions of humans. Yeah. I'm kind of, like, comforted in that because I would hate to run across one and it look like the leprechaun from those scary movies, from the scary anthologies. Oh, yeah. No, that's terrifying. It is. But anyway... He said the first time that he saw them, he stood there transfixed for what felt like a minute and then went on home only to find out that he had actually been gone for about eight hours. Wow. Yeah. Like fairies. Exactly. Yeah. Like who else? Greys. Fucking big footing yeah. You know what I'm saying? So there's like every time he says something, there's a little bit more where I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In another interview, he actually said that he communicates with them through shamanism. Now, this is his words, but he describes it as an outer body experience. Okay. He said that not all people see them as leprechauns. Oh, okay. He said some people see them as ghosts. Some people see them as angels. Okay, so again, not unlike alien encounters. Uh. And I don't know that I approve necessarily of the word shamanism being used like that, but right. he was trying to put a uh, word on it where it's like telepathically as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is how he uh, communicates with them. He says that there's a tunnel that goes all the way from the rock where they sat that day when he first met them. That goes all the way through the mountain under this big lake. And that's where they all dwell and where they congregate to dance in the morning and welcome the sunrise and stuff like that that's so fucking cool yeah and so this tunnel goes up through past the northern irish border 
okay? And whatever, but they all congregate here. Now, obviously, again, I've been saying this the whole time, but this is what I've written in my notes. All the interviews, you know, when they're actually interviewing him, they're trying to make him look like a lunatic and just a silly of old course, man. You know, yeah. that's just what, you know, our nature is to do. But I really feel like a lot of what he's saying rings true to the whole cryptid thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so many uh, of the same points made. Mm -hmm. And another thing that I just want to say is uh, that little suit that they have still on display in PJ O'Hare's pub up there. Uh, they claim that that suit is actually made from woolly mammoth hair and that it's like thousands of years old. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's the story of the last leprechauns in Ireland, right? But next story, and this is only a quick one, it takes a swift left turn all the way to Mobile, 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 Alabama. Mobile, Alabama. All right. Mobile, Alabama. I don't Alabama. know, but like all those different versions that you just said, one of them has to be right. Yeah. Anyway, it's Alabama, 2006, right? Very recently. Yeah. A few days before St. Patrick's Day and a video surfaces of people going nuts. What? They saw a real leprechaun hanging out in a tree. Let me see. I'm going to show Let you. Let me see. <laughs> uh, this video went viral and you might have already seen it. I haven't. It's, this thing has been remixed on everything. Uh, and right now I'm going to hit play leads to large crowds in Mobile's Crichton community. Many of you bringing binoculars, camcorders, even camera phones to take pictures. To me, it looked like a leprechaun to me. I got to do look up in the tree. Who else in the leprechaun say yeah? yeah! Eyewitnesses say the leprechaun only comes out at night. If you shine a light in its direction, it suddenly disappears. This amateur sketch resembles what many of you say the leprechaun looks like. Others find it hard to believe and have come up with their own theories and explanations for the image. My theory is it's casting a shadow from the other limb. Could be a crackhead that got hold to the wrong stuff and it told him to get up in a tree and play a leprechaun. We're going to get down to the bottom of this. Yeah, still down there, guy. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, man. This guy helping to direct traffic says he's prepared for his encounter with the leprechaun. He's suited up from head to toe. This water's all smells right here. This is a special leprechaun flute, which has been passed down from thousands of years ago from my great-great-grandfather who was Irish. And I just came to help out. Others just came to get lucky in hopes a pot of gold may be buried under this tree. I'm going to run a backhoe and uproot that tree. I want to know where to go. I want to go. Give me the go. I want to go. I can see the whole. I can see why this would piss off leprechauns now. Yeah, exactly. I right? get it now. It's like, yes, you want the gold, but it's not yours. Yeah, it's my <laughs> gold. How, what have you done for me, right? Yeah. So for any of you, like, uh, like you've just heard that while I showed Dulce, uh, literally all you have to search on youtube is just the alabama leprechaun it's gonna come up <laughs> that's great my favorite part of the whole thing well i have a, a lot of favorite parts like a crackhead that got hold to the wrong <laughs> that stuff. was what i was thinking <laughs> or, about 
uh, was it? Let me see that gold. I'm going to get that gold. I want the gold. Yeah. That's been remixed. Um, oh, has it? Yeah, we're going <laughs> to have a little laugh on YouTube after this. But the amateur sketch. Oh, <laughs> okay. oh my God. Obviously, that's going to be on our Instagram <laughs> the day this comes out. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, that needs to be the first slide, though. Oh, the yeah, sketch. absolutely. But for any of our loyal listeners, I know we haven't got Patreon or anything like that. If you make me uh Alabama Leprechaun t-shirt or anything with the Alabama Leprechaun design on it, we will definitely give you something special. Message us if you've made it. We'll give you our address. Send it on over. We will be forever grateful. I will wear that until the day I die. <laughs> now... And I'll cremate you with it, and I'll <laughs> yeah. put you in that little tea tin that you want to be stored in. Absolutely. I have a... Yeah, I know where I want to be stored. There's still no proof that this was an actual hoax, right? But in 2011, the the guy in the video, you know, the expert with the uh, whistle that wards off spells. Yeah. Who was, like, dressed up all in camo and stuff. He was interviewed, and he said... I think he was like out on his porch drinking with his, with some friends and this old lady approached them and she genuinely thought she saw what she said was a leprechaun in this tree. Uh-huh. And they kind of just entertained her. They were like, okay, yeah, whatever. And then like word of mouth just spread. And then when cameras showed up, you know, it just got out of hand. Like you saw in that video, there's police and everything there. Yeah. Like just trying to like do crowd control and stuff. So then that's when he like dressed up in his like stab vest and took it and said like yo my great-grandfather was irish and i'm a leprechaun expert and that's why he showed up here but don't worry because i'm keeping the community safe right this is his his whole bit he wasn't expecting it to go viral obviously at the time (laughs) but he did come out and say i don't know what it was but i'm no leprechaun expert okay (laughs) yeah he just was doing it for a joke wait so is his grandpa irish i don't think so i don't think so maybe i don't know so in July 2014, two guys from some Dallas radio station actually went to the Crichton area of Mobile, Alabama to find out just what went on. And when they got there, it seems like the very first person they approached knew exactly what they were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> she says, and this is the guy's name, just before anybody, you know, I'm not trying to upset anybody. This lady says, oh. Midget Sean. Oh, <laughs> okay. What? So Midget Sean is a local dude. He is a smaller person. Uh huh. And the guys were able to find him pretty handy. Like they go to a gas station and they just ask some random dude there, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm his cousin." <laughs> so they set what? up. Yeah, they actually meet up with Midget Sean in like a, a parking lot somewhere, and straight away, he he starts acting like a little celebrity is like yeah that was me you know like we were just hanging out like chilling messing around one night and you know he's a smaller person hence the name and he dressed up as a leprechaun he said he put on like some black leggings and like a green coat and he sat up in that tree just for shits and giggles and people thought it was a leprechaun yeah that's what he claims oh but we only have him to believe Mm. okay nothing to disprove him really yeah exactly it's literally just like it's thought that he might just be claiming this as a joke like you know what i mean he happened to be a little person from the area yeah he's like oh that was just me up in the tree so we still don't 
thousand percent know for sure that it wasn't the leprechaun. Or if it was derogatory word for a short person, Sean. Yeah. Got it. So that's my story about leprechauns. I personally look, I've spoken to people before Yeah. about fairies and I've dismissed it within the first fucking 10 seconds. But now... I'm not so convinced. <laughs> I still think that those particular people that I spoke to are nuts and insane people. Yeah, yeah. But there seems to be an element of truth there. <laughs> and I'm not willing to give up on it yet. That's great. That's my, good news. Yeah. My sources this week are livescience.com or livescience.com. I don't know. Uh, Irishpost.com. Trafalgar.com. TheLastLeprechaunsOfIreland.com, which is Kevin McQuilch's uh website I'd, everybody go check it out it's lovely uh youtube channels that i used was were this morning tv virgin media tv wavy web surf who actually did like a, a kind of deep dive and that's how i found out more about the uh, mobile alabama story another channel called namey namerson kevin woods 2009 who is kevin McWilcher, and our friend paranormal resident I watched one of their videos as well on leprechauns to give me a little bit more background on it. Right on. So yeah, there you are. Love it. All right, your turn. You entertain me now. Okay, but first, bathroom break. Okay. Okay, you feel relieved? Yeah, I feel like a new person. Good. With a brand new bladder. <laughs> right, so... Just try and stop <laughs> Especially with the coffee creamer. Something that crap. Do they fucking put crack in that coffee creamer? Jesus Christ. All right. So today we are talking about the alligator man, a.k.a. the butchin. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like Jimmy. Today we're talking about the alligator man, a.k.a. The Butcher of Elmendorf, a.k.a. The Bluebeard of South Texas. Holy shit. So, his name is Joe Ball. <laughs> Joe Ball? Joe Ball. <laughs> okay. Ball is actually a common name. There were two girls uh, at my job whose last name were Ball, so I was like, oh, okay. Uh, all right, now I know. Okay, I'm sorry if I offended anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt they're listening. But, um, so... Ball was born on January 7th, 1896 in Elmendorf, Texas. So Ball was born to one of the wealthier families in Elmendorf, which is, I don't know how much that's saying because it's a really small town located in southeast of San Antonio. As a kid, he mostly kept himself and he preferred to spend his time outdoors, fishing, exploring, camping, all that jazz. Cool. Yeah. When he came into his teens, he developed a fascination for guns. He became known around town for being a really good shot. So later on, World War One started. Hey. Hey. I said it right. Yeah, um, we're not cheering World War One. Sorry. No, <laughs> no. It's because. <laughs> Don't say says are funny. I, my accent it comes out when I say that. Yeah. Ball ended up serving in World War One. And when he came back home, he became a bootlegger when the prohibition of alcohol was still in effect. So he didn't care that it was a dangerous job because it was, obviously. It's like, yeah. a, first of all, it was illegal. There was like a lot of risk involved in that job, but he like thrived on it. 
that's how uh, NASCAR got started, right? I don't know. As far as I know, yeah. Um, little side note here. I could be totally wrong, but especially down south with the boot bootlegging and stuff, uh-huh. they got modifying their cars so they would be faster than the police. Oh. And apparently that's how the birth of NASCAR came no to be. No shit. Could oh. all be lies. Oh. Don't know. Like the origin of the word Ouija. Yeah, maybe it's just like a romantic story. Yeah. All right. So in that, like he, he traveled with his booze in a, like a barrel in the back of his vehicle. Yeah. Um, and he would go from place to place selling his gross yeah. ass booze. <laughs> his, uh, his bathtub gin. Yeah. So in his, like while he was doing this business, he found a friend in Clifton Wheeler. Clifton Wheeler was a handyman. Um, and like they were they weren't just friends like he helped him with his business or whatever yeah yeah so wheeler liked and feared ball especially when ball was drunk because ball was a very very mean drunk and what he liked to do when he was drunk is take his gun and shoot at wheeler's feet to make him dance oh no that was a real thing people actually did that. yeah so he was he was a dick so when Prohibition was over, his business took a setback, right? And he was like, all right, you know, I'm going to take this money that I made and I'm going to open up a saloon. So he did. Bought a property, opened a saloon, and he called it the social Sociable Inn. The Sociable Inn. That sounds yeah. nice. Because, I mean, he knew booze, so why not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the bar had a player piano a room in the front with tables wh- where the men could drink and enjoy cockfights. Cockfights? Cockfights, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, that's a horrible, like, fighting roosters, right? Like, yeah. Not, like, penis fights, basically. I think chicken is how... I think chicken is to beef like hen is to cow. Okay. I think. Okay. Okay. But either way, it's... Animal fights, not just them right. slapping dicks against each other in the middle <laughs> of the bar. They're not like. sword fighting. Okay. All right. And behind his saloon, Bob built a pond big enough to house six alligators. Wow. Yeah. He charged the public to view the alligators. And what he would do is he would get roaring drunk and he would go back there and he would feed his alligators live cats dogs raccoons any any live animal he could find for this drunk crowd that paid to see it jesus yeah um so you can imagine how that was you know fucking little pets being torn in half by alligators yeah that sounds horrific yeah but they really like that so anyways (laughs) so ball's reputation at this point was he was a mean drunk who you did not want to fuck with. Okay. Once a patron complained about the smell that the gator pit was giving off and Ball threatened to shoot him for mouthing off. Wow. Like he was on a hairpin trigger. Like Yeah, yeah. Anything, know? anything. Yeah. People. Did it, al- sorry, did it say how many alligators? Six. Six, okay. Yeah. People also knew him as a creeper who hit on his waitresses. For some reason, though, these waitresses never lasted long in Ball's employ. Mm. Neither did the ones he married. 
Okay. Yeah. So he was like a huge womanizer. Like he would flirt with his waitresses. Uh, he would, you know, sleep with them. Uh, he married a few of them and he was like abusive to them. He would throw bottles at them whenever they pissed him off. That mm-hmm. kind of deal. He would just kind of just go, go through them like you would a pair of un- like yeah, yeah, underwear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a user. He was whatever. a user. Yeah. But when I say they didn't last long as in his employ, I mean, they started disappearing. Okay. Yeah. So one of the ladies uh, was 22-year-old Minnie Goddard. Goddard? Okay. Goddard's family reported her missing, so police went to the sociable to investigate. Ball told them that she left the saloon because she found another job. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Another waitress of his, Julia Turner, disappeared as well. Police went back to Ball to ask about her and said Turner also left to work somewhere else. Police were more suspicious of this disappearance, though, because Turner left all her belongings at her home. Oh, like he didn't even try. Yeah. Okay. Ball insisted that she had left, but added that the real reason was that she had a fight with her roommate. He told police... That he even gave her $500 for her trip. Sounds like a nice guy, right? I'm sure the police just believed him. Yeah. Soon after Turner, two more women went missing. One of the women just opened a bank account a few days before her disappearance. And the money was still in her account when she vanished. This led police to make a list of all the ladies who ever worked for Ball. And at least 12 of them were reported missing including Joe's past wives, who supposedly ran out on him. Okay. So he's the common denominator here. Yeah. There was someone who knew only a smidgen of what, well, I wouldn't say smidgen, but he knew about 80% of what Ball was up to. Okay. Police put the heat on Wheeler. Remember his friend? Mm-hmm. Wheeler ended up confessing to know more than he initially let on. So, like, they went to him and they were like, hey, dude, you know anything about this? And Wheeler was like, nah, man, I don't know anything. And then the police were like, are you sure, dude? Because if you don't tell us, you know, you're facing up to, you know, and we find out that you have something to do with this, charges are going to be bigger. And he's like, all right, man, I know, I know some stuff, man. You know how it goes. <laughs> Is that an exact, uh, quote of the fucking <laughs> what's it called that's from the minutes like that the police took yeah so this is what he said okay wheeler confessed to helping ball dispose of hazel brown and minnie goddard by getting drunk with ball and sawing the women into pieces and feeding them to the gators wow so like what well, he was like describing this he was like yeah you know like we would get like after he'd already killed these ladies both of them would get like pissed yeah pissed drunk and they'd get to work they'd like saw off like pieces of them like limb by limb yeah yeah and once like the smells just got to them they would just like pause for a vomit break oh jeez drink drink more and then just get back to work isn't that crazy? I mean, look, if it works, you know. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> we are not getting jaded. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, 
Anyway, so Wheeler led the police to some of the remains of these two women. And he also added that he knew that Ball killed at least 20 other women this way. Okay. But, you know, they could, they only had enough evidence to pin these two murders on him. Yeah. So they're like, all right, cool. We got our guy. So let's go, let's go get him. So on September 24th, 1938, the police went to see Ball again. Upon the police's arrival at the sociable, Ball stepped behind the counter, pulled out a gun from his cash register, and shot himself in the heart. Oh, wow. Ball knew they were on to him. Yeah, yeah. He knew if he was convicted of these murders, he would be sentenced to the electric chair, so he figured this was better. Wheeler was arrested and sent to jail. The gators were donated to the San Antonio Zoo. One of Joe Ball's wives resurfaced. She actually did run away after finding out what actually happened to Ball's other ex-wives. Wow, she was lucky. She didn't want to end up as gator food herself, so she liked it. Gator bait, Jesus Christ. And that's the story of Joe Ball. Joe Ball, alligator man of South Texas. <laughs> Fastest shooting hands in all the land. Yeah, so basically he was a piece of shit. And there's only one <laughs> one known picture of him. Uh, right on. Yeah. That was a very interesting story. Yeah. We kind of both kept it to our locales this week. Mm. Oh, yeah, you're right. Right on. And uh, I'm going to look up that little fact about NASCAR because I'm almost sure that, that it's true. Mm. But that does sound like a really interesting, like, what a time to be alive. I mean, at that time, I mean, depending on where you lived. Yeah. Um, you could get away with... <laughs> oh, murder. You literally. literally <laughs> yeah. That's the saying. <laughs> you know? But uh, where, where was that? Well, we were listening to that podcast. They were like... Um, they were saying that there was a lot of serial killers discovered at this time because policing just got a lot better. Was that in Germany? I feel like that might have been in Germany. Yeah, I think it could have been, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's only so many records of serial killers because they're only a known thing as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the last, say, 60 years. Yeah, and supposedly, like, the, the term serial killer was actually coined in Germany. Oh, okay. I think I I think I had to go back in and look at and listen to the podcast. It yeah. was coined by some guy who had to retire because he got too fat to be a policeman. <laughs> like, literally. This you know what I'm talking about? This is last podcasting, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's going to be me one day. <laughs> I got too fat to be a podcast host. I could not sit in this chair anymore. Literally no such thing. <laughs> I'll wash myself with a rag on a stick. <laughs> uh, okay. Creeps. Yeah. This was a nice, well, I mean, as nice and fun as murder can get. Yeah. Uh, episode but we hope you enjoyed yeah and sorry if my levels on the mic were a little bit up and down i was trying to fix it as we were doing it um we're not professionals so <laughs> uh, yeah we don't have the best equipment so we do what we can yeah one day we will have beautiful sure mics anyway thank you all for listening thank you all for participating in a movie night movie club or a movie night yeah and March 20th, 20th, Saturday, March 20th is going to be our next one. We're going to be holding little polls 
tiny poles while we watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just going to be sitting here with little poles. No, we're going to put the poles up on Instagram um, probably next week. And I'm going to try and figure out whether uh, whether we can do it over Discord or something this time. Yeah. Well, so far, we're, we're at the moment we're taking nominations for what movie to watch next. Yeah, movie suggestions. like Movie suggestions. So, so far, we only got The Possessed. No, no, no. Uh, our good friend Jen also oh. commented and Lindsay suggested Lindsay with the incredible artwork. Uh, whose mom messaged us earlier on. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. so sweet. Yeah, it really was. It's on Facebook anyway. There's like three or four movies that are up in the running for the next one anyway. And yeah, like that's about all the news we got this week. Anyway. Yeah. Um, We got big news for you next week, though. Hopefully next yeah, week. Yeah, big news for us at least. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I guess that's it. We're just going to say the usual shit. You can uh, do that whole buy us a coffee thing is on our uh website because we have a website now yeah. weeklycreep.com it's just linked to our link tree yeah but that's fine it, it looks cool because it's we can easier weeklycreep.com yeah guys submit your stories tell us your spooky stories add us on facebook and instagram and twitter and now tiktok dulce is up there uploading non-stop cat content <laughs> cat content yes yeah um we're going to start doing Instagram lives a little bit more frequently, probably. Hopefully, if yeah. If that's what you want. In regards to a Patreon, we've had two people ask us, like, in the last week, when are we going to start it, basically. Yeah. And honestly, we don't know. Yeah. We just don't want to put any pressure on anybody to feel like they have to do anything like that. But if there's anything that you would like us to do, like, if there's anything that you would like to pay for a Patreon to see us do. What? Okay, I'm going to start this again. If there's something like, obviously, bonus content, like we would do an extra weekly creep, maybe every week, like probably smaller episodes or something, uh, like videos of us. I don't fucking know, trying weird food. I don't know. Anything that you would like to see us do yeah. on Patreon, yeah. feel free to message us and suggest it because, like, hey, we're open for suggestions. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's it, right? That covers everything. Yeah uh red bubble by all our lovely weekly creep shit that um shamrock st patrick's day weekly creep logo is up there as well uh if you want to get like a nice t-shirt or whatever and yeah oh and remember if you get something and you don't like the quality or something like that for whatever reason red bubble the reason why red bubble is so cool is that they're quick to give you a refund they have good customer service and if you don't like it they'll they can replace it for you yeah and don't worry about like it's not going to affect us in any way, shape or form. If you're not happy with the product, send it back. Yeah. Send it the fuck back. Yeah. Uh, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes if or on Apple Podcasts if that's where you listen. And I think this has gone on long enough. Yeah. We'll see you during the week, creeps. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. is Gaelic for like shit. M- Like macaque. The monk. Fuck me. Fuck me. It's a blender. <laughs>